Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Twelve shows, twelve themes, four presenters and one topical talk. Is it worth it? The Film Review Podcast presents Topical Talk. Hello and welcome to Topical Talk, the show that takes a random topic or movie genre and pits them against each other. Uh, The Topical Talk team are on the line via the interweb, mobile telephonic communication devices and, of course, flu powder. Joining us today, we have myself, Craig Field, David Long, <laughs> Floss Hafter-Smith, Shivani Rayat, and Ranji Namra. Ranji is stepping in for Alex at the moment and will be our temporary overlord. How are we all? Ranji, we'll kick off with you. Hi, I'm doing good. How are you doing, Craig? Yeah, I'm not doing too badly. Not too badly at all. Floss, how are you? I'm very well. I got myself a Nintendo Switch, which has been eating up my time and uh. doing painting. <laughs> Just had a really cool moment in um the clap for carers. Our neighbour across the road brought his piano out and started playing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. So I'm, I'm in a good <laughs> mood right now. Oh, fantastic. Pretty cool. Shivani, how about yourself? You good? Yes. Yeah, I'm good. I've been very productive, been in lots of, lots of creative things and writing and... Um, things have been very productive in my time um good stuff yeah david mr long my co-presenter from a long long far distance away how are you <laughs> yeah great to be here craig yeah and everyone else um yeah i'm doing all right mate yeah uh, still working doing about 70 percent of my hours um so that's keeping me busy uh, but i also as you all know ran a uh, ran a 5k last week um i did I did the thing where you run 5K, donate £5 to the NHS and nominate five people. One of the people I nominated was none other than Mr Craig Fields and I was very proud of him and also slightly disappointed because he beat my time by a whole two minutes. <laughs> the aim <laughs> well was done, always Craig. to always beat David. So he, he set the time. What time was it? 39, 39 minutes? 38 minutes which is not great but considering i'm fat and i smoke and i drink a lot of energy drinks i was quite proud of myself yeah. 36 minutes so actually david you are you've done very well actually for somebody who who is as you say rather large and uh, smokes <laughs> cheers cheers mate yeah appreciate that on the podcast thanks you just, you just said it yourself yeah, I can say it doesn't mean you can. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, anyway, um, so this episode is episode four. It is Rebirth. Fox is a phoenix, Harry. They burst into flame when it is time for them to die. And then they are reborn from the ashes. Fascinating creatures, Phoenixes. Yeah, fascinating creatures. (laughs) It is, of course, Rebirth, as we said. Shivani, will you define Rebirth for us from a movie point of view so that we can just get to grapples with it before we present our movies? Okay, so when I picked this um, topic, 
I was drawing from Christopher Booker's seven basic plots. So we've got seven different plots that theoretically um, every single story is meant to fit into. And Rebirth is one that kind of gets overlooked a lot of the time because it's a little bit complicated. It's kind of um, a bit non-straightforward as opposed to the others. Um, So usually involves a character in a sort of a low place physically or mentally um, who then sort of has this uh, intervention or breaks this um, low spell um, or redeems themselves and they then live happily ever after. Great explanation. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, with that in mind then, let's kick off with round one. And one begins with our first movie that spoke to us as the ultimate rebirth movie. David, you're going to start us off with your first choice, please. Yes, uh, my first choice. Now, I'm going to go straight off the bat and say I'm not sure this is the ultimate rebirth movie, but it is certainly a movie that fantastically fits um, this premise. And I've gone for Eat, Pray, Love. Now, what is this film about? Well, a married woman realises how unhappy her her marriage really is and that her life needs to go in a different direction. After a painful divorce, she takes an, um, an... She takes off on a round-the-world journey to um, find herself. Uh, As already discussed um, and mentioned by Shivani, I think it's important to note that rebirth can mean a number of things. Uh, For example, a reinvention, a change of heart, a literal death and rising again. Whether it's a literal or metaphorical rebirth for a character, it signifies a momentous occasion in their life and a moment of great change and development. And I think this film epitomises this idea. Um, We see our protagonist go on a momentous and life-altering journey as she searches for inner peace. Um, The film is based upon the book Eat, Pray, Love, of the same name, of course, subtitled One Woman Searching for Everything Across Italy, India and Indonesia. Uh, It's a 2006 memoir by Elizabeth Gilbert, Um, Gilbert was actually a writer by trade. Uh, She worked at GQ for five years and already had published two novels, Stern Men and The Last American Man, when Eat, Pray, Love was written. Um, The book was an international bestseller, translated into over 30 languages, with over 12 million copies sold worldwide. So it was a very successful book. Um, But in terms of the film, who's in it? Well, I think it's got an absolutely great cast. You've got Julia Roberts as Liz Gilbert. Uh, It also stars James Franco, Richard Jenkins, Viola Davis, Billy Crudup and Javier Bardem. And the interesting thing is, is that Liz Gilbert seemed to have everything on paper a person could dream of. You know, she's got a, a husband, a lovely home, a successful career, but something is missing. Um, you know, she found herself lost, confused and searching for the true meaning of inner peace. What we can really say about this character is although she seemingly has everything, she was not happy. And after her divorce and at breaking point, Gilbert jumps out of her comfort zone and into the into the deep end by risking everything 
to change her life, embarking on this journey round the globe that becomes a quest for discovery and enlightenment. Her journey is split into three parts, uh, Eat, Pray, Love, uh, hence the book's name. Um, on her travels, uh, she initially finds the true pleasure of food in Italy. Um, she enjoys food and embraces her weight gain, and I think this is one of the one of my favourite parts of the film, actually. There's lots of comedy in that part. Um, she also makes new friends and learns a new language. Um, I think it's one of the better parts of the film. She then discovers the power of prayer in India, learning to sit with herself and her emotions, and this is really a key stage in her rebirth, uh, especially with her newfound friendship with Richard from Texas, played by Richard Jenkins and then finally she finds her inner peace and the balance of true love in Bali as a character she is completely transformed and in more ways than one reborn what I like about this film, and I am wrapping up, is that other characters are also reborn. You've got Richard from, from Texas, like I said, played by Richard Jenkins, who has this really dark past, and he's also learning to love himself again and forgive himself. And Javier Bardem, uh, his character, is also on a rebirth journey himself. Um, and one of the other things I'll say is what, what is interesting is that in the book, um, the author actually states she has chosen to visit three places that begin with I, Italy, India and Indonesia. Uh, this is a metaphor uh, for the fact that she hopes to find herself uh, by the end of the journey, um, a sense of self and a sense of independence. Um, and she does. And I just think this film epitomises a character's rebirth uh, and a transformation. In terms of the film itself, it wouldn't be a David Long review without the Rotten Tomato scores. So are you ready, guys? Yeah, yeah cut them out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it gets a 36% from the critics and a 42% from the audience. Now, those those scores aren't great. And like I said, I don't think this is the best Rebirth film of all time, but I think it's a film that purpose... Uh, brilliantly, sorry, um, encompasses the theme. And I think one of the reasons it gets quite bad reviews is it is quite long uh, and also it's such a beloved piece of literature it's very difficult sometimes for certain books to make the transition from the paper to the big screen and yeah. perhaps you could say that this is one of them but overall for all the reasons that i've stated i think eat pray love is a really good film for rebirth I think I think you're completely right in terms of the fact that it fits the theme. But however, it's not an enjoyable film. I don't think it really hits home quite as much as the novel as it did um, when that first came out. I, I feel like it just romanticised travel. It's like a travel log or a travel vlog of some sort. And then that truly transformation uh, that is supposed to take place for a rebirth doesn't actually happen. Yes, she goes through some learning curves, but there's no real full circle, so to speak. And I, I may have made the same mistake with a film that I've chosen as well, contemplating and thinking about it myself. But, uh, you know, it does it does happen. It fits the theme, but it's just not a very good film at all. No. <laughs> yeah, um, Oh dear, I'm struggling on this episode. I've done a Shivani. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so I'm wow. sorry. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not pulling my punches. I don't think. Go ahead, Shivani. <laughs> what did you think of this film? Okay, to reiterate what um, Craig has said, I yes, it's too long. It is just 
it's just a film about traveling and as a person who studied English literature and had to look at travel writing I can honestly say I've never ever ever wanted to find like ever found myself wanting to go back to travel writing I it's just it's so dull um but I will give you that it um it does fit the sort of trope of rebirth so the character is in a in a dark place and then things don't necessarily get better um until there's sort of a breakthrough and then they live happily ever after but I just think it's just I found myself bored it was quite a boring film it's very slow um and not in like an interesting way um I actually started to um I only I started to gain more interest when Javier Bardem was came because um because I just watched Skyfall and I was just like hey I recognize him um so I just I'm sorry I just I don't I don't like it <laughs> that's 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 fair enough that is absolutely fair enough Floss any input from you there nothing nothing good <laughs> um, <laughs> no i don't or well, i'm not a big fan of like romance films in the first place and this is not a good one um but i can't deny it fits oh the theme <laughs> yeah i don't know what I'm, else to I'm say gonna... that you guys haven't said already yeah i think that's true david gone one last thing to savor yourself from humiliation. <laughs> I, I, no, I don't think I've been humiliated. I think in terms of fitting the theme, and as soon as I heard the theme of Rebirth, Eat, Pray, Love was one of the first films that came to mind uh, based upon the book. Having not read the book or seen the film, I sort of threw myself into the deep end, having looked at the cast, thinking this is going to be a great film. It's not a great film, but it's not as terrible as people are making it out to be. If you are listening to this podcast, get in touch with us. <laughs> <laughs> and redeem me, save me, <laughs> tell me that this film is not as bad as everyone is making Can out I to me. But it does. You did say that the 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 film or the book is in three parts, and mm. the parts are Eat, Pray, Love, or Italy. Yeah. Um, the other one, India, India and Bali. Um, I obviously you get the what's going on. So you get that she eats a lot in Italy, and she get you get that she prays a lot in India. And then by that time, you know what's going to happen. I just lost interest because I was, well, what's the point of watching when I know what's going to happen? I mean, obviously, that's a whole argument in itself. We've had that argument before, (laughs) but, you know. The last thing I will say, it's not about her necessarily finding love. It's also about her learning to love herself, and that is a major part of her rebirth. So, yes, she does find love at the end of the film, but she also learns to love herself again, which is really the the main part of that love part for me. It did feel like she had experiences, but nothing that changed her. So was she actually... Not considerably. Was she really reborn if she hasn't changed that I, much? I, I don't I don't think so, but I mean maybe I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on to the next film choice, and that is from Floss. Floss, what is it? It's Iron Man from 2008. Um I don't feel does anyone need me to intro Iron Man? I feel like everyone <laughs> knows who he is at this stage. Yeah, I think we're good with that. Okay. Well, because 
I thought this fitted Rebirth in quite a few ways, because first of all, Tony Stark, he changes a lot. He starts off as a selfish arms dealer who doesn't care about what his weapons do to places and to people's lives, and he's very selfish, he's very egotistical. That Maybe that doesn't change so much, but... So firstly, he changes his ways in that he shuts down the weapons manufacturing, and then also he changes in that he becomes a superhero. Um, and there's, I've written there's something almost biblical in the, the scene where he emerges from the cave in the prototype Iron Man suit. It's oh, like, I see that. It's such a cool, that's rebirth right there. Um, and then also I've written, it was a rebirth for Robert Downey Jr., um, as an actor before this yep. he was kind of like a talented but troubled figure he had drug problems and went to prison and wasn't really like a bankable star for any studio and then this kind of made him Robert Downey Jr highest paid actor that we have today um, yeah and I don't think anyone expected this film to start what it did but I think it's cool how in retrospect this was the, the moment of rebirth. Um, so my third thing is that it was the rebirth of Marvel as, as a product um, from something that was like sliced up and spread across all the different studios. Yeah. I think I think you can hit the nail wow. on the head there with rebirth though. Like it's textbook rebirth in every way. So yeah, it's a it's a great choice. Yeah, I'd agree. Like like you said, Floss, it not only did it like not only does Tony Stark go through a rebirth in the film, it sort of it it affected everything. Like Iron Man was a dealer's character before this film came out and now you said the the whole world knows who he is. Um but uh and you know, Tony Stark does go through a, a major rebirth throughout the film and it carries on into all the films in the um in the series up until um Endgame. Um so yeah, I think it's a good choice for rebirth. Yeah, mm. I mean I kind of feel like in some ways it it's changed the culture of cinema going as we know it today. Like there's no other franchise like this. Um and everyone, everyone else has tried to do their own cinematic universe and nothing is caught on in quite the same way. And yeah, it's a unique scenario and it all started with this little film. Yeah, so many different ways of bringing Rebirth to to us with that one that one film. And I think that's a really impressive choice in terms of having a character that goes through a metaphysical transformation or a Rebirth um the 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 character's moral ambiguity is changed for the better um and then also the 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 whole outside of the film the studio's rebirth and the a marvel coming to the forefront and and then rekindling the whole cinematic experience with with a universe that has a continuation of films throughout it. it's a it's the perfect rebirth film in my opinion actually and especially after you've given it that level of detail in terms of where you've why you've picked it i think a really fantastic choice for us really Thank massively you. good one <laughs> after the slating that eat pray love got i thought maybe we were <laughs> just in a in a fighty mood tonight 
<laughs> no, I just wanted to say that um, the, the the three points Floss made there were absolutely perfect. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's a film that epitomises Rebirth. I won't say anything else because everyone else has said it, but it's a fantastic film and a brilliant choice. So brilliantly well done, Floss. I look even more of a fool now for Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> <laughs> So moving on to the next film, uh, it will be from you, Shivani. What is it? Uh, so I have picked Despicable Me. Um, just, it, it's a great, great franchise. Um, um, so if for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, it's about a supervillain, well, a villain, who um, plans to steal the moon. Um, but he, in order to do it, he has to adopt these three um, little, these three girls, um, and they sort of kind of turn his life around. And he realizes that there are more important things. Um, so I think it fits really well with uh, Rebirth, um, and it's just such a fun film. It's great, and the whole I think all of them are great. All four of them because it's been off. Um, they're, yeah, they're just really fun films, and the first one is Rebirth. I feel like the others aren't, but um, yeah, definitely um, one for Rebirth. As uh, you know, Gru, the the character you're referring to, who goes through that transformation, he he goes on that, a journey of complete evilness uh, in a in a cartoon form, trying to steal the moon, and then has this there's this complete change in personality almost the, the the children inject a real love personality into him and he f- finally reconciles his himself with what love is all about and and that is a huge change of of you know personality and and a rebirth for sure um i love to speak all me i think it's a fantastic film yeah good choice thank you great soundtrack um, cool. Yeah, no, they are the great soundtracks, and um, the minions are just so funny. So my brother pointed something out today um, when we were watching it. There's a lot of there's a few moments where there like there are scenes that don't like contribute to the story, but it's just the minions being the minions, and it's just so so funny. <laughs> it's it's it, it doesn't matter that it doesn't contribute to the story because. Yeah. it's hilarious to watch david any comments on on uh, despicable me yeah i mean i think obviously it gets really good uh scores on rotten tomatoes 81 percent from the critics 82 percent from the audience and it is it's a really nice feel-good film you know and steve carell plays grew and he is transformed he is completely reborn by by these three young children and you and it and it melts your heart the way that he has changed and obviously the franchise then goes on a really quite long-winded journey um but that 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 transformation that steve carell's character goes through is 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 really great and as as shivani said it's also just a really fun film but it's one that really does fit in very well to rebirth so unfortunately i'm gonna have to say shivani you've made a very good decision oh sorry no go ahead oh sorry no a cool behind the scenes fact about this film which is that um illumination the studio that made this um it was founded by the old head of 20th Century Fox, or a, a previous head of Fox animation, I should specify, and Despicable Me was 
his first project. So it was a rebirth for him as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a cool fact. <laughs> Re- rebirths all round. <laughs> uh, any further comments to add? Ranjit, do you have any comments to add on, on this um, one? I was, yeah, I was going to echo similar to what David said. Um, I haven't seen this film in ages, but when I watched it, yeah, you know, Gru does go through a transformation. These um, these three children do sort of humanise him and sort of bring him back down to earth. Um, and, you know, he realises, you know, he, the error of his ways and stuff. And it's a film that can appeal to everyone, kids and adults as well. It's, a, it's just, a good, just a fun watch. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great pick for Rebirth. <laughs> it's funny that you said bring him back down to earth because he goes to the moon. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> okay, we'll move swiftly on to the first, to the first, to the last film in round one, and it's going to be uh, my one. Uh, this is Tully. Uh, Tully is directed by Jason Reitman. He is the director of one of my favourite um, coming of age movies, and that's Juno. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen that one. Yes, I've I never seen it. Uh, I suggest you guys get on that as well. It's fantastic. Anyway, Tully stars Charlize Theron and she plays Marlo and it sees her navigate life with two children, uh, a pretty lacklustre husband uh, and a newborn baby. Uh, And during the course of the movie, she hires uh, a night nanny to take care of of Mia, who is this newborn, who is newborn child. And she takes care of this baby during the night. Uh, and so in comes Tully, a young, bright and very optimistic character who's played by uh, Mackenzie Davis. Uh, and it becomes evident at the start of this movie that this night nanny is going to do Marlowe um, absolute wonders. Um, evidently, something is not quite right with with Marlowe. She's very struggling in, in a real problematic way. And, but it's just unclear what the extent of that is. Um, But without giving away too much of the twists that go on within this film, uh, this movie showcases things such as um, postnatal depression and uh, a psychosis in a way that I feel is very underrepresented in film. Um, And she goes through a transformation during the course of the film, a a change that is quite significant, I think. Um, And there is a particular scene within the film where there is a car accident and the car ends up in uh, a body of water, shall we say. And within that body of water, there is a moment of clarity, a moment of of rebirth. And I think that in my eyes, that's where the rebirth happens. Um, And the character finally comes to terms with the issues that have been happening and reconciles with another character within the film um, and giving and, 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 and says goodbye almost and a new a new venture started starts or she continues back on the path where she should have been at the start of the film essentially um and that that's tully that's that's my that's tully yeah that's it (laughs) yeah no i really enjoyed tully it was really really good um i i've been meaning to watch it for a long while so i was glad you picked it um and i have to agree it is it it does fit um the topic of rebirth quite well um and it's very gripping like you you are it's very tense as well like there's a lot of moments where she's in like the car with her children and they're screaming and shouting and you can feel her like her her sort of frustration and her just will like unwillingness to carry on kind of like emotions 
and it's very very well made film in terms of getting you to empathize with the um with the main character um yeah no, I, I really enjoyed it really good it's kind of hard to talk about without discussing spoilers <laughs> <laughs> but yeah really good really good performances you've kind of already said as much as can be said i think and I, yeah, the the twist in the film is so difficult to to not give away, and I, I think I did a good job of not giving it away. But whilst also selling it to you guys, um, even I'm I'm glad you've all seen it because it is one that um, you have to see it to see the transformation. Almost, I can't explain it to a certain degree without giving away the the, the, the twist. Um, however, it is one that was kind of frowned upon when it first came out there was a lot of backlash against it because of the way it was representing postnatal depression and just it wasn't apparently doing it very well according to people who never saw the film it was all these mums on these mums groups saying we should avoid it. it it won't accurately display what it's like but from my point of view, I've never witnessed, I've never experienced any of these things. I, 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 you know, God forbid, will never experience these things um, in terms of mental health issues or any um, problems with depression or any of those sort of things, you know, touch wood. But I felt it really accurately summed those things up um, and showed it in a very raw and realistic way, not you know, holding back any punches whatsoever. It just felt such like a realistic film that you were on, you were a fly on the window, what looking in at what was going on and, you know, feeling the tension from Marlo when, when her, her middle child son, who has, I think some issues in terms of like autism perhaps, and he's, you know, kicking the back of her chair and you feel the tension rising in her and you feel it in yourself as well. So accurately and visually portrayed in the film. It was yeah, I mean, one that I connected with on a, on a really strong level and one when I reviewed it first time round, just absolutely loved it. And I know David did as well. Um, but yeah, any other points, David? Um, you haven't said much. Anything you'd like to add to that? Uh, not really. I mean, I think you've summed it all up really, really well. I mean, it's a, it's a brilliant sort of analysis of modern parenthood. Um, and there's, from what I remember, there's dark humour in there and raw honesty as well. Um, and a, an outstanding performance by Charlize Theron. Um, and, and really, it does epitomise that idea of a momentous occasion in someone's life and a great moment of change and development. I think it fits Rebirth really, really well. We did review it on the main show. Um, and I, yeah, Charlize Theron is, is, so impressive in so many different films that she's in uh, and she's really outstanding in this and it does really fit Rebirth very, very well. So unfortunately, once again, it's another good selection on this week's episode. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Ranj, any comments left yeah. for, for you? Yeah, so I'll just add quickly. Um, it's a brilliant it's a brilliant film for, for the idea of Rebirth um, because there's also, I think... There's, you know, there's there's two characters here who go through a rebirth. It's not just um, uh, uh, Charlie's they're on, um, and you know, there's a point, there's a middle point in the film when they literally play a song called "You Only Live Twice." So this is, you know, sort of banging it on the head a little bit there. But it, it is, it's a film that you know, it's like you said, it's very, it's a very raw performance from her. Um, she's absolutely brilliant in this film. 
it's really well directed um and yeah it's just a just another side of uh, Charlize Theron which we don't usually see which is amazing she's such an incredible actress um but yeah for the idea of rebirth it absolutely fits because um that yeah the, the visual imagery of her coming out of the water and stuff like that um yeah it it fits perfectly cool It's now time for round two. And in the final round of this week's episode, we'll be putting forward our ultimate, ultimate, ultimate choices, I guess. And that Ranji, uh, you've got quite a job on your hand, I think, of picking uh, the ultimate rebirth movie. Um, But David, you're going to kick us off again with um, your first last choice (laughs) (laughs) my first second last choice yes if you're looking for the ultimate rebirth film look no further than book smart and i am going to start with the rotten tomato scores because it gets a sensational yes i will say that word i know i say it all the time but it's true a sensational 97 percent score from the critics and a 77 percent score from the audience if you've not seen book smart you're probably wondering what is this film about well on the eve of their high school graduation two academic superstars and best friends realise they should have worked less and played more determined not to fall short of their peers the girls try to cram four years of fun into one night um I think it's important to note that our two main characters here are Amy and Molly. Amy is played by Catelyn Dever and Molly is played by Beanie Fieldstein. Um, It's also important to note that this uh, film was nominated for two fairly prominent awards. Uh, It received a Golden Globe nomination, Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy, uh, Beanie Fieldstein. It was also nominated at BAFTA for Best Original Screenplay. Uh, I think we've already and Shivani's brilliantly summed up what Rebirth is but when we think of Rebirth there's lots of words you can use to describe this film Um, and there's a few that I think fit this film Uh, the film has themes of revival restoration renewal regeneration resurgence new beginnings and revitalization and I think all of those words fall under the umbrella of Rebirth. So what actually happens in the film? Well, on the eve of graduation, Amy and Molly are feeling pretty smug. You know, years of avoiding parties in exchange for late nights at the library has earned them each a place at a college of their choice. You know, things are looking bright for these guys. All their hard work has paid off. That is until Molly discovers that even the cool kids who attended all the parties and spent their teenage years seemingly goofing off have also got into good colleges. And this represents a major turning point for our protagonists it turns out you can have it all and molly and amy have seemingly sacrificed their social lives for nothing in my opinion this leads to a rebirth and a new philosophy and one that as the film develops becomes obvious is for more than just one night this isn't just a a rebirth for one night and one night only. It represents a new beginning and we see their characters revitalised. It's a very enjoyable and relatable film from Olivia Wilde uh, in her directorial debut and one that's fact, fact, (laughs) packed full of themes of rebirth uh, and that is uh, definitely a a major theme throughout. Um, You know, we see these characters completely transformed. New friendships are formed, new activities are tried, um, they have a new outlook 
on life that expands way beyond the book smarts that they've become accustomed to. And what I like about it is it's set in such a short space of time. It's hard to think of a film, in my opinion, where you see such great change in characters in such a short period. Um, Also, what I love about it is both characters go on a similar journey, but the end game is very, very different. We see great and varied character development, but both in essence are reborn but in different ways. Um, In my opinion, it's not only a perfect film for Rebirth, but it's a near-perfect film, as those brilliant Rotten Tomato scores show. It's refreshingly funny, it's sassy, and it's smart. It's got great performances, a solid screenplay, and also uh, it's visually impressive. You know, we've seen many of these coming-of-age comedies before, but I think this manages to do it in a way where it's not only really, really funny, but it's also really relatable, really heartfelt, and really warm. And I just think that this film, and I know some of you disagree, but I just think this film really fits, and I, I know I know one person in particular disagrees, and I'm looking forward <laughs> arguing with her i just think it really really fits rebirth um i'm gonna jump straight in here quickly very quickly and just say that yes fantastic film one that is at the top of my list when i go to watch films from the last couple of years i think you know this this tops that list in terms in terms of rebirth i feel like it's not a fully fledged rebirth it is a as <sighs> and as you said this yourself coming of age it is coming of age they are getting to the point where they have now reached the point of maturity and they have realization they have an epiphany and they want to do something to change what they have done. It's not a, a complete 360 degree rebirth, a reignition of, of themselves. There is no- not the number. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the number, no. 180, whatever. It's not It's not a transformation. 180! The- <laughs> Sorry, just, I couldn't resist it. It's just not a complete rebirth in my eyes. It is. It is just a coming of age. I think I agree with Craig and I'm going to have to go one further and I'm going to have to veto it like you did what many months ago. But I don't <laughs> think it fits Rebirth at all. In fact, I think it's probably more sort of um, a generic kind of quest type story. So they're looking for this one party and they go on to the, these several different um, downfalls and like all these ups and downs. And there's a low point and then they reconcile and then they live happily ever after. That's a quest. Um, It's not a rebirth film, so I'm going to have to veto it completely. I don't think you have the power to do that. I do have the power to do that. You did it. You did it in the first episode. I think that power power lies with the overlord. No, 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 no. (laughs) You did this. I know. I think... think I think it does actually. David does have a point. No. We did bring an overlord yeah, in. Yeah, <laughs> in the first episode, we didn't have an overlord yet. So, yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm moving to veto this. Shall I, shall I give my thoughts? Yes. I think it's a fantastic film. I watched it yesterday. Um, Brilliant. Thanks, thanks for us. We'll leave it there. <laughs> my gut instinct <laughs> is no, it's not a rebirth film, but you can make some cases. <sighs> I mean, yeah, my gut instinct is all the rebirth that these characters would go through would be after the film was finished, as they move on to college and 
the film itself is more about it's more of an acknowledgement of oh that's who you've been the whole time I just didn't see it it's not that anyone's reborn it's that they finally start to look at each other properly um however you could say it's it's like a rebirth of the bro film um through a different lens like it's like super bad but reborn is is two girls this time and it's a it's a different slant on yep. that and you could say it's a rebirth um into a new career for Olivia Wilde yeah but i don't think the actual film Definitely. fits rebirth and then shall we have the overlord come in because <laughs> yeah. we've had a veto we've had somebody veto here Ranji, would you would you um, echo uh, Shivani's thoughts on the veto here? I I wouldn't go as far as vetoing it. I don't. I mean, I think it could ever so slightly maybe fit a rebirth discussion, but it does sort of tend to, uh, towards more of the coming of age discussion because um, they don't. At the end of the film, they are fundamentally still the same people. Um, they don't change much. They obviously, um, uh, not Beanie Feldstein, the other actress, um, has a major transformation in the film. Um, but you know, it's, I, yeah, I wouldn't veto it. I think it ever so slightly maybe, maybe falls into rebirth, but it's more coming of age than anything else. Um, and Floss, you said it right, like, you know maybe if we get a sequel um showing the next stage in their their education maybe that could fall into it uh better um as they get older but yeah i, I don't <laughs> know I, it's, it's it's a i think it just it sits on the line it sits on the border yeah. it's an acknowledgement exactly that's a great word that floss used there it's an acknowledgement of of realizing of who they've been and and the, in the entire time and that awakening of what comes next and then what comes next we don't see and that could be a rebirth at some point but you just don't see it um but it, you know what it's a is, great guys, film go on David. the thing is guys i'm going off my definition of rebirth could mean a number of things reinvention a change of heart for example but this is the bit that really struck me it signifies a momentous occasion in their life and a moment of great change and development there is no doubt that in this film they have a light bulb moment and they are they are in my eyes reborn they're open to new friendships they're open to new ideas um and i agree that floss is right and really this what what this proves is not only am i a buffoon um seemingly for my two for my two choices this this month but it does prove that we need a second film because we want to see what happens to them afterwards and i'm begging and i'm crying out for a second film here because maybe this this is a, a moment of change but the the real rebirth might come afterwards but i don't think it should be vetoed i've taken on board what you think but i would like to say it is, it is a brilliant film and i think we'll all agree that that it's hilariously funny it's it's so i mean I mean, Superbad is a great, great film, but this goes above and beyond Superbad on so many different levels. It's it's just as funny, but it's more powerful. It's more hard-hitting. Um, obviously, a uh, Golden Globe nomination in there. Uh, it got nominated for a BAFTA for screenplay. The script is superb. Yeah. Um, no, it is, it is a great film, but 
in in my eyes, it's not an, a complete rebirth, um, <laughs> and that is unfortunately the bottom line from me. And I think Shivani and Floss and even Ranji as well. But I think I think it's still a fantastic film, Dave. And I don't think you've picked a bad one. No, there I at think all. if you've picked Lady Bird, that would definitely be a rebirth film of the same genre. Yeah, I did look at Lady Bird. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Let's move on then. Floss, your your next choice, your your first number one, last number one. My I don't final know. second <laughs> choice is Princess Mononoke, the Studio Ghibli film. Um, so this is from 1997. This was the one that came out before Spirited Away, um, which Spirited Away was sort of like a cleaner, more family friendly, like lighter film. This film, Princess Mononoke, is a lot darker, a lot more sort of adult. Um, it's very violent and quite ugly and did not do very well um, internationally. But I think this is a great film for Rebirth. It's sort of a, a lot more metaphysical. Um, it's very... It's hard to describe. Um, so I've written myself a little summary so I don't ramble. Set in a time, it's the tipping point between gods and humans, like the constant ways of nature and then industrial progress from humanity. Main character is a young prince who's cursed by a demon who attacks his village. The demon was a giant boar god who was shot and slowly killed by a metal bullet. So this prince has to journey to the west to find out where this bullet came from and when he gets there he's kind of caught up in this massive like elemental struggle between Iron Town, which is like this human settlement that's pushing forward with technology and they want to squash back all the forces that live in the forest which is yeah a lot of massive animals and gods and stuff and yeah so that's kind of the scene of it um so there's a lot of rebirth in this film like characters are quite literally brought back from the dead at times um yeah, like a lot of the human characters have had a rebirth, um, kind of spiritually. Like the Iron Town is run by a lot of women who were prostitutes and were brought in to become now they're like wholesome workers that do the most important job in the in the town, which is keeping the fire going. Um, the forest spirit is like this mysterious central figure who is often said to have the power to give life and take it away and like the final act is this crazy mishmash massive war between two sides where people are dying and then they're not and then everything's dead and it isn't and then it all kind of spoilers i guess for this film um the forest itself is destroyed and reborn iron town is destroyed and pledged to be re rebuilt as a better town the characters that make out alive are changed fundamentally and reborn. I don't know what to say without just... I love this film a lot. I don't know if everyone's seen it. Yeah, I did. We, yeah, I watched yes. it today. Okay. Um, wow, so I didn't I, need to ramble like that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I have to say, like, I... I've never been the biggest fan of, of anime, but I, I did want to try watching a Studio Ghibli film. Um... I can't, oh, no. I know, I'm sorry, but I just, I don't enjoy anime and that's just something about me that I can't get past. <laughs> this is a beautiful but, film. It, yes, visually it was very nice. 
but I can't get past the frame rate. The frame rate was so low. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry, it was. It was so low. Of all the things. It was very static. Of all the yeah. things. Where did you watch it? Netflix. Oh man, I watched it again the other day and thought this is this just looks so nice. Still, every frame is like a work of art. Yeah, um, I I I agree with you, Floss. I agree with you. Go on, Shivani, you finish your point. Sorry, no, I was I'll just going to say I I get um, that the whole sort of theme of rebirth, like it's um, sort of the the biblical version of rebirth, of things literally being reborn or like um, like almost reincarnation and all that kind of stuff um it's i wouldn't say like as a in terms of story or plot it's a rebirth story or plot i'd say it's again more yeah questy or like uh overcoming a monster kind of situation um but i do yeah i do concede that it is is very like the the theme of rebirth is very prominent oh i forgot the important part about being not just reborn physically but being funda- fundamentally changed by how how you are and who you are like there's there's various characters which are so full of hatred that they are reborn as demons um and just kind of like wither and uh, oh i love it sorry carry on <laughs> <laughs> i i love this um i'm not the biggest anime fan like shivani however I did really enjoy watching a TV series, Attack on Titan. I don't know if any of you have seen that, um, but that was superb um, anime series. Um, but for you know, Studio Ghibli is is you know world renowned. Um, I haven't seen many, if any, Studio Ghibli, and I'm you know hold my hands up to that. Um, Herbie's been on the show a few times talking about it. Floss, you've talked about Studio Ghibli before. And, uh, you know, this was my first proper go at watching Studio Ghibli. And I thought it embodied what you're talking about absolutely spot on. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat what you said because, you know, it would just, it would be a bit boring to repeat it all over again. But I think it encompassed everything. It was visually stunning. I didn't have any issues myself with frame rate or anything. <laughs> um, but as you said, it was, it was like a work of art. Um, each and every frame is so perfectly considered um, and then from that point of view, it's 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 really brilliant to watch. It is darker than your average anime um, and possibly your other um, Studio Ghibli. Not I, I can comment officially on that. It's an intense one but... to have as your first one. <laughs> There's like a lot yeah, of it was. it was. I was really surprised at how violent it actually was yeah. when I was watching it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but... sorry, Craig. I'll just give my few thoughts on it. Um, yeah, go for I it. watched it today as well. Um, and yeah, this is the, the second Studio Ghibli film I've watched since they've been on Netflix. I want to try and get through quite a few of them. Um, but it's been the my favourite one that I've seen out of the two. The other one was um, My Neighbour Totoro. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I feel a bit similar to anime uh, than, you know, the way that Shivani feels to it. Sometimes I just can't really get into it. I don't know why. I just can't really... I just lose focus on it, um, but the the visuals are amazing, and yeah, it's. I think it, in terms of rebirth, it's rebirth all over. Like uh, Floss said it perfectly. There's people, you know, dying and coming back to life, and the the forest god when he's walking around, he's the plants and stuff are dying around oh, him, yeah. and I forgot about that and, shot um, where all the flowers yeah. grow and then die. Like yeah, and. Um, 
yeah and uh so yeah if you if we're talking rebirth and uh absolutely um uh princess mononoke fits i should clarify i'm not even a big anime nut i just really like this film <laughs> i think this has a, a wonderful soundtrack too oh yeah the soundtrack's gorgeous yeah Well, what I will say is this is this is critically a very well-received film. 93% from the critics, 94% from the audience. And I think Floss has summed it up brilliantly. There are so many themes in this film. And I was, what I was struck up, for some reason I sort of thought that anime would all be quite sort of, you know, I, I'm quite new to it, would be quite sort of happy and uplifting and joyful and let's all sort of skip and whistle. Um, and this isn't like that at all. This is really hard-hitting stuff and some real adults like heavy adult themes um and rebirth is definitely one of those themes and it's just there's so much meat on the bone here um for me i've i've it's it's like a delicious meaty buffet um i've had my first round of of food and i need to digest it and i want to go back the strange thing about this film is I'm not saying that I really enjoyed it because that would be a lie. I didn't. I struggled to watch it. But at the same time, I almost want to watch it again because there is just so much in there and Rebirth is definitely one of those things. If you if you haven't seen uh, Princess Mononoke, it's, it's currently on Netflix and it is well worth a watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, let's move on to the next one then. Uh, Shivani, please give us your last film. Hello, yes, so um, my last <laughs> one, <laughs> I picked uh, Schindler's List, um, which is a um, 1994 war drama, Steven Spielberg. Um, it's about three and a half hours long, so it's 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 a commitment to watch this film but it is a masterpiece i in my opinion and it it doesn't feel like that long because every moment of a moment of it is just so shocking and enthralling and just incredibly captivating uh, so so for those of you who haven't seen it it focuses on a, a german factory owner who is a member of the nazi party um at the beginning of the war and it spans the whole war the film spans the whole war um and he sort of uh witnesses a lot of uh the atrocities that are happening to the jews including um their um forced them being forced into the ghettos and then eventually death camps and labor camps um and he has a lot of turning points like the famous girl in the red coat um as well as just seeing all of these uh, atrocities in front of him and unable to to live with himself without doing anything about it. So he sets about making um, a list of all of the people he's employed who are all Jewish um, and more people and more um, that he then stops those people from get, being sent to Auschwitz, essentially. So he saves about... Uh, I think it's 11,000 Jews um, in at the end of the war. Um, absolutely incredible film. And it's in it's, it's a very strange um, film because it's all in English and it's also all in black and white. Um, but the reasons for this, so Spielberg said that he didn't want it in colour because 
for him and for a lot of people, the past is black and white. It's just sort of like a sub- psychological um, association. And also colour generates mood. So he didn't want any colour. And this story is almost devoid of colour. And this whole world at this time in history is devoid of colour because it was such an atrocious time. Um, And the reason why he did it in English was um, he said that, and I quote, there's too much safety in reading. It would have been an excuse to take their eyes off the screen and watch something else, Um, which I think are great reasons to do to, for those two um, um, things in this film. And it also makes it really accessible, um, this moment in history that I, I don't know if a lot of people know that much about if they hadn't seen this film, but because this film exists, it, it creates awareness and that's so important. Um, and also Schindler's List was only greenlit if uh, Spielberg agreed to make Jurassic Park, Park first. So... <laughs> It's a fun fact there for you. Um, hey. Yeah, so tell me what you think. <laughs> well, I'll start off here. Um, Schindler's List is a very powerful and moving movie, and Spielberg, um, being Jewish himself, um, felt the need to make this movie because it is a part of his past the same as it is with me as well. This is a movie that's part of my past as well. I'm being Jewish. I have relatives that were part of this um, atrocity that happened in Germany and, well, you know, all over the place, the atrocious behaviour towards the Jewish race of people. Um, It is something that needed to be made to sort of show what really happened and to highlight this story about Schindler. Schindler was obviously a man that had great moral ambiguity at the beginning of this movie and then had that change. And I was talking to David about it because I haven't rewatched this movie in a long time and I decided not to rewatch it um, just because of a time constraints, but B because it's such a difficult film for me to watch. I do get really quite emotional about it and having done something, um, in my past in terms of making a trying to make a documentary about this very subject about the concentration camps and then having to go to the Imperial War Museum and look at the archive footage of things that actually happened there and watching it myself and looking at the true horrors of what happened the actual true realities and visually seeing it in person it's not something I want to constantly revisit but it is Brilliant, brilliant movie, Shivani, and one that embodies rebirth, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I, it's it is a really difficult film to watch. You have to like say to yourself, "I'm gonna watch this film all the way through," and it, it's not something you sort of just sort of dive into or like dip in and out of. Um, but yeah, no, like I quite a few years ago I visited Auschwitz and it's like it it's incredible the huge impact it's had on me and how I view history and how I view this particular historic event um and this film is one of the things that encapsulates that as well um but yeah as you said sorry I didn't even go into the actual story of how it's rebirth but yeah he's um he's morally ambiguous Nazi party member at the beginning 
um, and he's, he's a little indifferent to what's going on. But then over the course of the film, things sort of start to get to him and he, more things occur. And obviously the a lot of the... Um, um, the death camps really only became active in the last few years of the war. So that's when things sort of started to get really serious. Um, and the great performances as well. Um, Liam Neeson and Ben Kingsley, absolutely amazing. Isn't it? Anyone else want to chime in? <laughs> it's a very, very good film. Um, the, I mean, you can't, without spoilers, The Girl with the Red Coat, that's always emotional. And also the... I didn't do enough seeing tears every time. Um, yeah, definitely fits the theme. Really, really good. Not a fun watch, but definitely worth watching. I think the um, I think well, even even for myself, it's a film that I haven't seen in a, in, a, in a while. But it's I I still remember it. Like I still remember it so vividly. I think that proves to just how how much of a masterpiece this film actually is and how well directed it is by Spielberg. Um, and yeah, that's the scene that always stuck, stuck out to me was the, the I could have done more scene. It's so powerful and it's, it's a moment where Oscar Schindler really, you know, it's the moment where it sort of sinks into him, uh, the reality of what, what what is actually going on around him. And he, he realises the real sort of cost of war and, um, you know the, the the disgusting atrocities that have happened um, that he's been a witness to, and it all yeah it all sort of comes crashing down into his breakdown in that scene, and you know that is a real rebirth moment for him and um, his his character, and you know he, you know he feels like he could have done more, but you know it's, as history showed, unfortunately he couldn't. Um, but uh, yes, uh, it's a film that. You know, I've seen once and might not ever want to watch again, but it's a film that I think everyone should see. It's so important. And like I said, I haven't seen it in ages, but I remember it so vividly. Like, it's just so powerful and it's so well made. Yeah, I was the same. So I rewatched it yesterday. Um, and even before that, I just, I, I knew the film really well and I'd only seen it once about two years ago. Um and I was watching it and I remembered every bit about it. It's just such a memorable film. And especially since it's completely in black and white, there's no, there's not a lot of visual aid um, to help you remember it. It's incredible how, how well it sticks in your mind. Yeah, I just... I think it's pretty incredible as well that he... No, no, oh, sorry, David. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's pretty incredible as well how Spielberg made... Th- um, Schindler's List and Jurassic Park almost at the same time. I think he was in pre-production of Jurassic Park, um, or sort of maybe midway production. Because I remember here uh, reading stories about how difficult it was for him to sort of leave one set and go to the other because you know the two almost you know completely different films. Um, but again, I think there's also a, sort of a rebirth aspect there as well, and Spielberg's part, you know of making the two films and then this is the his first oscar win as well for best director and best picture um so you know his it was a real turning point for his career yeah i just wanted to say obviously um i have been known to roast shivani on this on this episode for her film selections but this is masterful selection here this is an absolutely incredible choice because not only is it an a brilliant film it 
is perfect for Rebirth, and I mean totally perfect. I mean, the film in general, we got 12 Oscar nominations, uh, seven wins, including Best Director and Best Picture, as Ranjit said. It lies seventh on IMDb, so it's the seventh highest-rated movie of all time, and it gets 97% from the critics and from the audience. And I actually watched this film. It's a film I've been meaning to watch for years, but I've never got round to for a number of reasons, one of which is... Uh, knowing how hard a watch it would be and I watched it recently for this episode and all I can say is I was I was nearly well I was very very emotional and have been quite reflective over the last couple of days because this is a piece of filmmaking that is just so incredible so raw and so powerful and it just shows the abhorrent evil of the Nazis in such a unique and brutal way um and Oscar Schindler's character goes from being this fairly narrow-minded businessman obsessed with making money, um, I think epitomised in one scene when a, one of his uh, factory workers comes to thank him for fundamentally getting him out of, the, um, out of the ghetto and he's got one arm and he comes to thank him so much for saving his life and Oscar Schindler just wants nothing to do with it. And by the end of the film, as we said, he's questioning his own morality and questioning whether he could have saved more. He goes through a complete transformation as a character and it is about three hours 15 minutes long but it didn't seem long to me at all and the way it was in black and white was brilliant Ralph Fiennes Ray Fiennes performance was just evil um he he got an Oscar nod for that but he was just his character was just evil and overall I just want to commend Shivani for a sensational choice and just one of the most powerful films I've ever seen Oh, thank you. Thank you, David. It's rare that I get well such a high praise from you. <laughs> <laughs> you know you've well, done you've, well when David gives you, you high praise. <laughs> well, you've, 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 picked, you've picked, well, I'm going to say it, what I hope will be the winner. I will say that. Wow. If I'm allowed to. <laughs> yeah, of course you can. Uh, shall we have the final film then? Yes, please. I believe it's, it's, I believe it's you, isn't it? It is, yes. Uh, my choice here was Train Spotting. Uh, for those of you who are listening that don't know, um, it is directed by Danny Boyle and it's based upon the novel by Irvin Welsh. Um, and it sees Renton, Mark Renton, played by Ewan McGregor. Um, and he is deeply immersed in the Edinburgh drug scene uh, and he struggles to clean up and get out despite all of the allure of the drugs and influence of friends. Um, Trainspotting is this complete supercharge of humour, dark humour and just brutal relentlessness of just uh, drugs and alcohol and complete trying to get out of all of that. Um, Ewan McGregor at the start of this movie is just running for his life he's sprinting from store detectives in the opening sequence and it's just coupled with this return home at the end of it it it, it feels like it should be a rebirth but I've been thinking about it a bit is this a rebirth film and I think you guys are going to discuss this with me now um is there a rebirth within Mark Renton or do we feel like this does not happen um I (laughs) I think there is a little bit, but ultimately, no. I don't think that he is a different person uh, from the beginning of the film to the end of the film. Um, I think he he ends up physically better off, but 
like without giving too much away, he, he he's physically better, but mentally he still feels as morally ambiguous as the beginning. Um, and he hasn't improved that um, in the span of the film. And for that reason, I can't, I can't say it's a rebirth film. No, I think that's fair enough. I've been contemplating it myself, and and I think you're right, Shivani. Ranj is probably going to 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 agree with that as well. Yeah, I I agree as well. I don't. I would say Transporting Two is more of a rebirth film than this one, because we we don't know where he ends up at the end until we see him again in the sequel, and we find out that he's been sober for a while, um, and. Yeah, so the the ending is quite ambiguous. Um, I think Siobhan is right. He physically, yes, he's better off. Um, he runs off. Oh, what's that spoiler? <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so you know, physically, yes, but we don't know what his fate is until we see him again in, in Trainspotting Two. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I wouldn't say it is a rebirth film, and the characters around him as well don't really uh change much um you know we again we see some of those characters again at the end of the film some of them are still addicted to heroin and, and some of them in prison and stuff like that who you know haven't reformed or anything so yeah i think it maybe the sequel applies i wouldn't say transporting one no does. i and and i i i obviously been thinking about it a bit and and have um agreed with it it's a bit of a book smart in some terms maybe book smart even more of a rebirth than than transporting um but i'm happy to hold my hands up with this, with this one and say yeah probably not a rebirth film but nonetheless it is one uh and, and it's an outstanding film and one that i thoroughly thoroughly love and i mean that's not going to help me here at all but it's it is top of the list over the last 20 years perhaps um or up there as one of the best yeah there's another um, one that i had been meaning to watch for a long time so yeah again i was glad you picked it so i, I actually got to watch it good stuff i saw it for the first time um around the time transporting 2 was coming out because Sydney world was showing transporting 1 um like a couple of months before transporting yeah. 2 came out so a, bit, a little f- bit of a funny story, but my manager at the time, she wanted to put on a staff showing for it. So I came back to work in the evening after we'd closed and it ended up just being me, my manager and the supervisor that I went to watch it. So just the three of us in the screen watching Transporting 1. Brilliant. But I'm so glad I went because it is an incredible film and it absolutely sort of just, yeah, I'm, it blew me away. I'm so glad I watched it. I think it's time to let the overlord Ranjit step in here and decide what film is the number one rebirth film. Um, This is obviously going to be a very difficult choice, perhaps, but just walk us through your thinking here, Ranj. So can I just give a quick shout out to a film I just thought of before I give much. Um, Yeah. While we're doing the episode, I just thought of gravity. I think that's quite a good, um, rebirth film i mean it's, it's quite on the nose in terms of its visuals and um sort of certain scenes in the film but um you know it's uh, yeah i think that would apply to rebirth i think sandra bullet's character does go through uh, a huge change throughout the film um she has to accept um certain things a certain you know 
this uh, big losses that she has she suffered and she has to accept them on the um on her journey you know her survival mm. journey but um yeah i just just while we were doing this i was just thinking that that's quite a some, some of the themes along, fit, along the same page there i mean you could say interstellar as well i mean a huge yep. uh, moment of almost reincarnation in terms of rebirth you know um without any spoilers there but uh, yeah certainly i mean there's loads of films we could have picked and yet um, somehow half of yeah. them weren't about rebirth <laughs> no <laughs> I think that's more of a reflection on you guys than anything else. <laughs> I, th- I think all of the films fit the theme in of some way or another. Do, I think we selected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you be quiet, Shivani. I've been very nice about your selections. <laughs> do we need like a little so recap of what films we chose? Because I feel like I forgot half of them. <laughs> yeah, so Ranji will quickly give you a rundown uh, very quickly of what we had um so we had eat pray love from david iron man from floss tully from me despicable me from shivani uh book smart from david again floss had princess mononoke and shivani had shinder's list and then train spotting from me so i'm going to do a quick top three i'd say in third place uh is tully um second place i'd say iron man and then in first place i think shinder's list perfectly sort of um put perfectly fits the the theme of rebirth and what we've been talking about today um and it's just an absolute masterpiece uh that anyone should watch i won i won finally well done shivani (laughs) (laughs) yeah i yeah I can't wait to get all these DVDs together and then have someone win this box and set get a of fun, amazing yeah. films. That got? is that is what's going to happen. Sure I just want to put this on uh, Titanic, um, Matrix, and then Schindler's List. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> mm. Wow, that is four incredible films. But I just want to yeah. put on record: Shivani deserved to win, and I'm glad she won. <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> Thank you, David. Wow. You're welcome. Shivani's going to be replaying that little clip over and over. I've been reborn. I've been reborn. So we have come to the end of the show. Shivani, kick us off with the ending script part that we've written here. Thank you for listening to Topical Talk. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this month's episode. The next episode of Topical Talk will be out later this month and will be the theme of sequels. If you'd like to let us know what films you'd suggest as the best sequel movie, you can contact the show through many different electronic communication lines. (laughs) Uh, you can now email the show at mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. That email address, again, is mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. Or you can send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or alternatively, just go to the website, isitworthitpodcast.com, and click on the links to our social media. And to help the podcast grow even more, why not leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? 
You can subscribe to the podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Acast to name but a few. And of course, wherever you're listening to this right now. And we'd like to thank our current Patreon supporters for their patronage during this time of difficulty. We understand it's a struggle at the moment for a lot of people out there and we're part of that too. So creating content just like this can go a very long way for everyone involved. I guess all that's left for us to do now is to say a very big thank you. Take care and goodbye from me. A very big well done to Shivani. (laughs) Keep safe and goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Stay safe and goodbye from me. Stay safe, everyone. Goodbye. Dirty bye. <laughs> Cheerio, darlings. <laughs>